We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world, with all its power and might, steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. On today's show, I want to circle back and cover this quote from a tweet from an evangelical leader by the name of Ed Rotz, a district superintendent emeritus for the Wesleyan Church, who is apparently blaming conservative Republicans, quote-unquote, for the shootings in Nashville. I'm going to cover this story within the context of the burgeoning call by the trans community to kill more Christians. I'm Dr. Ever Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Good morning and welcome to The Rebellion. Thanks again for listening into the show. All of you who are faithful listeners and those of you who are subscribers, you get a special thank you today. I really appreciate your support. And if you do listen in on a periodic basis, or even if this is your first time listening to The Rebellion, remember that you can join and support The Rebellion by going to patreon.com backslash Dr. Everett Piper. That's patreon.com backslash D-R-E-V-E-R-E-T-T-P-I-P-E-R. It's patreon.com backslash Dr. Everett Piper. And go to my website if you want to learn more about my writings or if you'd like to schedule me to speak at your local church or political event. My website is dreverettpiper.com. That's D-R-E-V-E-R-E-T-T-P-I-P-E-R.com. Again, you can access my back issues of the Washington Times columns that I write on a weekly basis. You can also find the archived issues and editions of The Rebellion. Go find your favorite episode and post it out there on social media and encourage more people to join in, join in The Rebellion. Because in times of universal deceit, and we surely live in those times, truth is the only rebellion we have left. It's the only thing we can do to speak against the lies of our time. Speak the truth. Speak it with boldness and clarity. Run into the face of the storm, waving the banner of the truth of Christ and the truth of Scripture. The objective revelation, the self-evident truths that are endowed to us by our Creator through natural law and common sense, as well as the special revelation that is given to us through Scripture. That's the context for the rebellion, that we have a measuring rod outside of those things being measured. We have self-evident truths. We don't make things up as we go. We look for truth. We pursue the truth to its logical end. We recognize that there is a truth with a capital T and acknowledging and living within the boundaries of that truth gives us more freedom rather than less. It's the paradox of liberty and law and freedom and fences and discipline and freedom. If you're more disciplined in your daily life, you have more freedom to engage in the things that you want to do. An athlete that is disciplined can get on the field and play the game. One that is undisciplined rarely does. And when that athlete that is undisciplined actually gets a chance to get on the field and play, he always fails. She always loses. So there's this paradox of discipline and freedom. You see it in athletics. You see it in music. You see it in every avenue of life. You see it in the way you train your animals. Your dog, for example, if he or she is disciplined, 
to mind you, pay attention to you, and obey you, you can give your dog more freedom. You can let the dog off the leash and out of the pen to play and enjoy life if that dog has been disciplined to honor the master's voice. That paradox is true in our lives as well. When we understand that paradox of liberty and law and freedom and fences, it's then that we can be released to enjoy all of creation as God intended it to be. Because we are free from the dangers of sin that come into our lives, either someone else's sin as they try to impose their will upon us, or your own sin and the consequences of doing things that are stupid and wrong and suffering therein. So that's just the context of the rebellion. If you listen routinely, you know this. I've talked about it before. But if you're a new listener, and I'm gaining more on a daily basis, like I said, we had over 700,000 listens last year. We'd like to get that up to over a million in this particular calendar year. So encourage others to join in. Encourage them to recognize that as we pursue truth and we recognize and honor truth with a capital T, it's then and only then that we enjoy the freedom that God intended for us. We go to the words of Jesus himself. You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Opinions don't set you free. Feelings don't give you liberty. And in fact, the more we govern ourselves by our feelings, our libido, our gut, our passions, the less freedom we enjoy, and surely the less freedom those around us enjoy. Everybody becomes a law unto themselves, and therefore they have to be controlled, and that's when despotism and tyranny rushes in to fill the vacuum. So let's take a break, and when I get back, I'm going to talk about this, this, this quote from a Wesleyan pastor and former district superintendent, a leader within an evangelical denomination who apparently is blaming conservatives for the shootings in Nashville. Are you among those conservatives he's blaming? Are you a conservative Republican? Are you a conservative evangelical Christian who did something terrible in this district superintendent and pastor's mind? And that is you voted for Donald Trump and you voted for the Republican Party and you believe in the First and the Second Amendment. You think that these laws are good and that the Constitution was actually uh, a good document written by a bunch of very wise men that we should honor rather than disparage. If you believe those things, and you actually think that the perpetrator of the crime should be blamed for this atrocity in Nashville, rather than turning the tables and blaming the actual victims, I think you want to listen in to the rest of the show. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Let's take a break, and I'll be right back in a couple minutes. In 1978, George and Kate Tedford set out to protect Oklahoma businesses better. Today, their son and our CEO, Mark Tedford, is excited to carry on his family's legacy. Professional liability, compliance, property, workers' comp, health and life. Tedford Insurance's dedicated team gives you access to the nation's largest insurance providers, negotiates the best rates, and protects their own legacy like no one else. Call 918-299-2345 or tedfordinsurance.com. The Patriot Auto Group, locally owned and operated. The Patriot family of dealerships takes great pride in supporting the communities we serve throughout the great state of Oklahoma. The Patriot Auto Group's charitable work has been recognized throughout Oklahoma. Whether it's visiting one of our local dealerships or simply shopping and buying online with our doorstep delivery, 
The Patriot Auto Group takes the stress out of buying a new or used vehicle. And every purchase comes with our exclusive peace of mind, Patriot Pledge. You get engines for life, plus one-year maintenance, and 10 full years of roadside assistance, plus so much more. Sure, we can sell you a car, but supporting our community and lending a hand to our neighbors in need? Sold. The Patriot Auto Group. Proud Oklahomans in the communities we serve. Okay, welcome back to The Rebellion. So for the rest of the show, I want to talk again about this shooting in Nashville. I mean, if, unless you've been hiding in a cave, had your head buried in the sand, you, you, you've heard the news. That a trans person, I hate even using that descriptor, a person who is deceived by the transgender ideology, a sexually confused person, somebody who has given themselves over to the delusion of our day, somebody who's been drinking the Kool-Aid to the maximum, somebody who has imbibed the lie that you can define yourself and that biology doesn't matter, genetics doesn't matter, science doesn't matter. The trans agenda is the ultimate of science-denying worldviews. They deny that women are even real. They deny that biology matters. They pretend that you can eliminate real women and replace them with the fake and the fabricated. Women's sports is dead. Women's rights are dead. Uh, Women don't exist any longer. This is the ultimate in misogyny. And stunning, stunningly, our culture has bought the lie. You thought just yesterday that we were a culture rushing toward radical feminism. No, 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 no. Feminism cannot exist if the feminine isn't real. You can't be pro-woman if women aren't a biological fact, an objective reality. And that's where we are. So you've got this trans person who is angry because of what I just said, essentially rebelling against the biblical worldview that all people are created in the image of God. In the beginning, God created man, male and female. He created them. Mankind is a universal term to describe human beings, the imago Dei, those that are created in the image of God, people. This is the pinnacle of the Genesis story, the Genesis narrative, God's creative act. And when we say this, and we believe in the difference between men and women, when we embrace reality, essentially, and we confront the delusions of our day where some groups want to dumb down certain parts of humanity to nothing but the sum total of their inclinations, their libido, their their passions, their gut, their bellies, their desires. When we say that is ultimately going to destroy the dignity of the human being if we go down this path, if 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 we start buying the lie that the human being is nothing but a subjective construct and that you can basically deny reality, deny science, deny the objective facts before your very eyes, deny the empirical data that anybody five years of age and older recognizes when they look in the mirror. When you deny these things, when you become delusional rather than factual in your worldview, you're going to have problems. When you say these things, you're now the problem. 
you are the reason that this person entered into this Christian school and shot a bunch of Christians who believe the same way you do. That's what's being argued right now. And you, you might not be surprised that you've got people on the radical left that have sold their souls and given themselves over to what the Apostle Paul calls a reprobate mind. They no longer have a conscience, in other words. You might not be surprised to hear them arguing this type of nonsense, but you, you should be a little surprised to hear it coming from the church, especially the conservative, quote-unquote, evangelical church. And that's the context for today's commentary. Now, before I get into this response of Pastor Ed Rotz, who is a leader in the Wesleyan Church and actually was on the Board of Trustees with me at Oklahoma Wesleyan University, I want you to hear what one of these tweets says that's going around right now from the trans community. They're calling for a day of violence. This is what this particular tweet says. It says, it says kill Christ cucks. I'll spell that for you in case you haven't heard that word before. Christ, C-U-C-K-S. That's what this word is. Kill Christ cucks. Well, what is that? That's a new slang term that's being bantered around in the internet and elsewhere. It's a derogatory term for, for overly zealous Christians, whatever that means. A Christ cuck is an overly zealous Christian. It, it's actually the melding together of two words, Christ and cuck or cuckold. And that's a word, cuck or cuckold, that refers to sexual deviance. Now, why they're including Christ cucks together to just label overly zealous Christians, uh, who knows? They have to sexualize everything. So if you're an overly zealous Christian right now, in other words, if you believe the Bible and you live your life accordingly, and when you speak out in the public square as to the virtues and the value of being a Christian and living within the box of God's designed freedom, as opposed to buying the lie of culture, the LGBTQIA, the CRT, the BLM, the SJW, the social and emotional learning models that are all fixated on self and ultimately narcissistic at their core. When you call out the brokenness of those worldviews and you suggest that God's way is a better way, that the the, the soil out of which our, our American experiment grew, our constitutional republic is rooted, is actually grounded in this biblical worldview that acknowledges that we are the Imago Dei, we're made in the image of God, all men and women are created equal. The word created obviously implies, or if not explicitly says, that if we are created, there has to be a creator. In other words, we are the product of God, we're not the product of the primordial soup and swamp. We're created equal, and we are endowed, we are endowed with certain self-evident truths and unalienable rights. In other words, we get these truths not from government and not from ourselves. We get them from God. There is a natural law. There's a law that's natural. There is a revelation from outside ourselves that gives us the parameters by which we should live. You can't make it up as you go. You can't deconstruct everything like the postmodern mind wants to do, and then recreate everything in your own liking and own image. So let's go back to this, this uh, tweet that's coming from people that believe the exact opposite. 
the trans community. This is what the tweet says. Kill Christcucks. Behead Christcucks. Roundhouse kick a Christcuck into the concrete. Slam dunk a Christcuck baby into the trash can. Crucify filthy Christcucks. Defecate in Christcucks food. Launch Christcucks into the sun. And then it's hashtagged Trans Day of Vengeance. And it has a picture of a trans person with a, a rifle and a sidearm and body armor on. Okay? Standing in front of a trans flag. Well, that's just an aberration. Not all trans people believe this. Well, I'm not claiming that all people who embrace the transgender worldview are going to go out and start crucifying Christians tomorrow. But what I am saying is that this stuff is pervasive in social media right now. It's all over the place. I could spend the entire show reading you other tweets and other social media commentary where people are calling for violence against Christians. Well, you're a Christian, you say, but you're not a Christ cuck. No, if you are a biblical Christian, you are therefore an overzealous Christian because you're biblically grounded and therefore you are a Christ cuck. And they're saying that you should be killed, beheaded, roundhouse kicked. You should be slam dunked into the trash can. You should be crucified. You should be, your food should be defecated upon. Okay? And you should be launched into the sun. I'm not too sure what that one, that seems to be a little bit out of place there, but whatever. <laughs> whatever. The bottom line is, you shouldn't exist. You're the problem. It's the Christians who are the problem. It's the Christians that led to this shooting. If they wouldn't have been saying the things they were saying and doing the things they were doing and believing the things they were believing and teaching Christianity, Orthodox Christianity in their Christian schools, if the Christians wouldn't have been doing this conservative stuff, then this shooting wouldn't have happened. And, oh, by the way, the conservative Republicans out there that are Christians, that believe in the Second Amendment and the right to defend yourself against this type of violence that's being promoted right now in social media against Christianity, well, it's you. It's those conservative Republicans and your intransigence and the fact that you won't give up the Second Amendment rights that allow you to bear arms and to defend yourself if somebody tries to take your life and liberty and your property away. Okay, you're the problem if you believe in the Constitution and in the Second Amendment. How so? Well, let's go to the words of Ed Rotz. Again, a Wesleyan pastor from Kansas who served as a district superintendent for the Kansas District of the Wesleyan Church of North America. Now, again, if you don't know, the Wesleyan Church is an evangelical church that still claims in its policy and its polity and its discipline, that's the language they use, its bylaws, essentially, its definition of the church. They still claim to be evangelical, and they claim to believe in the Bible and its inerrancy. Many Wesleyans are conservative. Many Wesleyans believe in the biblical worldview. Uh, and I'm not saying that this pastor, Ed Rotz, doesn't believe in the biblical worldview, but this is a very peculiar statement. It, uh, he, he, he's blaming... Mostly conservative Republicans, that's his language, for the shootings. Okay, so after, minutes after the shootings in Nashville this week, he puts out this post. 
And he says this, in the aftermath of today's Nashville shooting horror, I'm more and more baffled by the intransigence of mostly Republican lawmakers to pass common sense gun control legislation. I'm just utterly baffled, he says, and angered. Close quote. One more time, so you hear his words very clearly. In the aftermath of today's Nashville shooting, horror. So he's saying this the day of the shooting, minutes after the shooting, in the aftermath of this horror that just took place in Nashville, these shootings in Nashville. I'm more and more perplexed, he says, and I'm baffled by the intransigence of, and it puts it in parentheses, mostly Republican lawmakers to pass common sense gun control legislation, just utterly baffled and angered, close quote. Now, you could be an advocate of different gun laws, but are you really foolish enough, if you're listening to me right now, to make that your primary message after a bunch of nine-year-old kids get shot in a Christian school because a trans activist who's delusional about human reality and human identity enters into the school and starts shooting Christians because they don't believe in the trans lie of our day? And they speak out against it? Do you really believe that if someone comes into my home tonight and shoots me because I put this particular message out on radio and podcast, or I wrote about it in the Washington Times, do you believe that it's my fault that someone's going to come to my house and shoot me? Or should you hold them responsible for their violence and their sin? Of all the people a Wesleyan pastor should understand, should understand that he should be preaching that people need to be born again, that they're not born that way. He should be preaching that you've got to change the human heart. You can't just legislate what a human being holds in his hand. It's not the weapon, it's the worldview. I mean, you can take the gun away, but they'll have a sword and they'll use it. Or you could take the sword away and they'll use a club. Take the club away and they'll use a rock. Take the rock away and they'll use their hands. The, the, the human being is the issue here, not the gun, not the sword, not the knife, not the rock. The human being is the issue, the definition of who we are as humans, and you must be born again. You can't just say, I'm born that way. I was born to be trans, and I was born to be angry, and if you disagree with me, then I'm going to, I am going to be the ultimate judge as to who lives and who dies, and if you cannot tolerate and affirm my delusions, you should die. Let's kill all the Christ cucks. Let's execute them. Let's crucify them. Let's defecate in their food. Let's launch them into the sun. And while this garbage is being spewed about on social media, on Twitter and elsewhere, Ed Rotz tweets in the aftermath of today's shooting, I'm more and more baffled by the intransigence of mostly Republican lawmakers to pass gun control legislation. I'm just baffled and angered. Well, I'm baffled and angered by this kind of thoughtless virtue signaling from Christian leaders like Ed Rotz and others. I mean, you have to wonder if he and everybody else in his tribe, in his church, I, I don't know, if he would, would have been at the front of these goose-stepping brown shirts in Germany who blamed the Poles for the bloodletting in the streets of Warsaw in 1939 when Hitler decided to invade Poland. You had all of these Polish farmers with shotguns and single-shot rifles who took to the streets and sacrificed their lives to defend their country 
their families, their businesses, their churches, their liberty, their freedom themselves against the aggression of bad people and bad worldviews. Well, it was the Poles that were responsible for starting World War II, right? They were the ones who caused it, not Hitler. I mean, that's essentially the argument that Ed Rotz is making. It's akin, and I mentioned it in a previous show, it's akin to the antebellum slave owners of the South blaming Frederick Douglass for the bodies in the fields of Bull Run and Gettysburg. I mean, after all, surely a black man's right to arm himself in defense of human freedom was the cause of the Civil War, right? Is is that where Pastor Rotz is going to go? Blame Frederick Douglass for the Civil War. Blame Polish farmers and merchants and ministers for taking to the streets to defend their country, their church, and their families, and their way of life. Blame them. It wasn't Hitler's fault. It isn't slave owners' fault. Apparently, Ed Rotz thinks that the the horror of all horrors, and that is the Second Amendment, this, this cursed part of our Constitution is the thing that's causing trans people to take up arms and going to Christian schools and kill Christians. Nine-year-olds, teachers, janitors are being shot. Well, it's, the, it's, it's George Washington's fault. It's Jefferson's fault. It's Adams' fault. It's, it's your fault and my fault if we agree with Washington and Jefferson and Adams. If we agree with the Second Amendment and our Constitution. If we think it's our responsibility to defend freedom rather than to give it away to those who want to use their aggression and their weapons to intimidate us into compliance and silence. The, The morally superior progressives, they apparently think that it was the crazed colonial farmers and merchants and ministers you know, the black-robed regiment, these pastors, these ministers in colonial America, they were the ones that started the American Revolution, not King George. It was their fault. It was their fault that we had a revolutionary war. It wasn't the monarchy and despotism of King George. No, no. It was Paul Revere's fault. It was those citizens in Boston, who threw tea into the sea. You know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's everybody else's fault. This is crazy talk. And I'm not going to stop there. Yeah, I'm going to play the card. I'm going to play the Hitler card, the Nazi card. I am. And I know some people will roll their eyes and say, there the conservatives go again. They're playing the Nazi card. You just lost the debate because you did. Well, doggone it. George Santayana told us that he who doesn't learn the lessons of history is doomed to repeat them. And if you don't see some parallels right now in what's taking place in the public square, the government overreach and the balkanization, the divisive rhetoric of our culture, the labeling of some people as being inferior, talking about some groups of human beings actually being animals, pigs, dogs, rats, that they should be executed, beheaded, exterminated, taken out of, taken out of public life, 
if you don't see the parallels between that rhetoric and what took place back in 1939, then you're, you've got your head in the sand. And if you don't do something about it, if you don't start speaking out against it and shining a light on this evil, even if it's coming from your church leaders, this is going to end up at the same place that we have gone before. The best predictor of future behavior is always past behavior. That's another way of saying what George Santayana said. He who doesn't learn the lessons of history is doomed to repeat them. Learn from your mistakes or you're going to keep committing them over and over again. So what's the Hitler card? What's the Nazi card? Well, 50% of the Poles that were killed, and by the way, 17% of their population was exterminated in that invasion. The Nazis killed 17% of the Polish population when they invaded Poland in 1939. 17%. And half of those were Polish Jews. Jews. Well, you know, if those doggone Jews that were exterminated in the streets of Warsaw, or if they lived, led off to the work camps of Auschwitz and Birkow, if they just would have laid down their guns. Oh, oh, that's right. I think ultimately they did. Ultimately, they had to lay down their guns, didn't they? Because after Hitler invaded Poland, he took away the rights of any buddy to bear arms. Okay? He took away their, he took away their guns. He took away their rights. There was common sense gun control legislation. Blame the Jews, those Polish Jews, for the invasion of Poland, and then blame them for the fact that you put them in trains and truck them off to Auschwitz. If they just would have laid down their guns, it all would have ended differently, right? I think they did lay down their guns, and ultimately they laid down their lives. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.